I'm sitting there in last period of the day every day, while a lot of the kids are in the high school choir, I have the kids that are in study hall. And all of a sudden, I smelled something. And I said, huh, it smells like food. And I look up, and a girl has walked into the door. And what she's carrying is she's carrying a pizza. And I go, oh. I said to her, I said, I said Heather, why do you have a pizza? And so she began to explain to me why she had this pizza. Because she's in, she's in the BOCES program. So I mean, she comes to school in the morning, and she goes through all of her morning classes, and then she takes off, and she heads to BOCES to work and learn some sort of trade, and then she comes back at, for that last period study hall. And she says, well, Mr. Wilson, they have this thing at BOCES. Apparently, not a lot of kids are going to school. And they want to encourage kids to be there every day of the week. So if you're there all five days, you get rewarded. You get your name put into a raffle every week. And if you're there, you got to be there all five days. And then at the end of the week, they draw it out and they give out like four or five pizzas to kids as a reward for actually going to school. I was kind of like, really? It's like, I man, because let me let me tell you, um, I was thinking about this. I was like, kindergarten. I don't think I missed a day of school till I hit, got the chicken pox and like, right, Dad? Am I right on that? Man, I would have had my name in a lot of those raffles. And stuff. There was there was no way my mother was keeping me out of school. It's like. I'd be like, oh, mama, and she'd go to school. I don't want you home. And, but could you imagine? And I was like, I was thinking to myself, well, what if what if we did, if you go to, yeah? Oh, see, I don't, I don't remember. When I remember, I smashed my mouth on the bleachers and um, had to, that's how I knocked out my four front teeth is I did that and. I, the, bet, the the only thing I really I don't remember crying about that. The only thing I remember about that is mom let me eat pudding, ice cream, and spaghettios for like a day. Thought that was wonderful. Nothing hard. Nothing. That's all I could. I was like seven or something or whatever. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself, what if that's what we did for church? You, you know. You get to come to church and you get to be rewarded by being put in a raffle for a free pizza. Maybe you get a few more people. Because let me tell you, it's true. Don Perry and I were talking about this. You feed people, they'll come in. But in this story, what we're talking about, what we talked about last week, is that Jesus fed 5,000 people. And then miraculously... In the middle of the night, he walks on the water and takes the boys, the disciples, all over to the other side. They put them into the boat, and immediately they were at shore where they were going. And so everybody wakes up the next morning, and they're like, where's Jesus? And they follow him. They chase him over to the other side. And what we set up last week was that when they got over there, Jesus brings to light you guys are here for the wrong reasons. Oops, I forgot to put my picture. But don't you wish they would have given you a raffle for a free pizza to go to school back in the day? And 
Um, wish they'd give give me if I got perfect attendance for a week. I wish they'd give me a free pizza. So, but anyways, the question is, what separates a true follower from a fake? Why are you here this morning? What what is your purpose in in following Christ? And Jesus Christ, uh, he gets right to the point. He doesn't beat around the bush. And in verses 29 and 35, he says, True followers believe on the Son of God. So I'd like to read to you John chapter 6, verse 29. It says, Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. And verse 35, Jesus Christ says, it says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In Sunday school class this morning, uh, we had we watched as someone was witnessing to a Jehovah Witness and telling, talking to them about the truth. And in that conversation, you could see that the Jehovah Witness believed that you had to live a good life in order to have some some desire, some chance to be able to have some eternal existence. And the question was asked here of Jesus. In verse 28, it says, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And the answer in verse 29, Jesus says, It's simple. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to, as it said in the verse we just read in verse 35, believe that he is sufficient. He satisfies the needs of your flesh your soul, and your eternal thirst. You find it all, the nourishment that you truly need in Jesus Christ. The crowd revealed what it was they wanted. They wanted Moses' manna. They wanted the their immediate needs to be filled. As we continue to read in verse 30, it says, Therefore they said to him, What sign do you perform? What sign will you perform that we may see it and believe? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. See, they wanted the bread. They wanted Moses' manna. They wanted something to fill their stomachs, to meet their physical fleshly needs now, and they totally missed the source. That this had come down from heaven. That, that Jesus was the one who was providing this. And that he was the one who came down from heaven. We need to make sure that we look to Jesus. And he provides us everything. 
in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21, which we read this morning, it says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness comes through the law, and Christ died in vain. Jesus Christ was the source of our eternal life, the source of our salvation. It's the true bread. The true bread is Jesus Christ. The law can't save us. Good works can't save you. The sacrifices that that the Jews made over and over and over again can't save you. It's only Christ. In the Gospel of John, there are seven signs, seven miracles that point to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He turned water into wine. He healed the nobleman's son. He healed the lame man. He fed 5,000 and brought the boat to shore. And we're going to learn two more. And then he promised at the beginning of the book, he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And he promised over and over and over again in all four Gospels that men were going to take and they were going to kill him. And that three days later, he was going to rise from the dead. And he fulfilled that. But also in this book, we find I am statements. And I used to say that there were nine I am statements. And I used to grab all of those. I am the I am the. And I used to say there are actually nine predicate nominatives. Did I use that word right? Nine predicate nominatives that Jesus says through the gospel. I am the bread of life. I am, but I've shortened the list down to seven, and I think I'll sh- I'll let you know. I'm still going to have all nine of those words up there, but there are seven different times Jesus says I am, and it just kind of makes it kind of all fit together when you use seven of this and seven of that. I almost think it was no. I know that God did these things on purpose, and the first one He says is a very very bold statement. I am. The bread of life. You want to keep living? You got to keep moving. You got to keep breathing. You got to keep eating. And if you don't do those things, you'll find that life will vanish pretty quickly. And Jesus Christ right here at the beginning says, I am the bread of life. And if we want eternal life, life that will last forever, the source that we need to go to is Him. And Jesus gets pretty bold as we continue down this path because He says, guys, you're following Me because you ate the bread and your stomachs were filled, but that bread is just temporary. Like, like I, we talked about this morning, all these prayer requests on the back of the bulletin. We absolutely 
should be praying for brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and people, our family members, our neighbors, who, are, who have physical problems. It's a blessing and a privilege to be, to be able to go in and to hold someone's hand and to pray for them when they have a physical problem. It, it truly is a blessing. And to see God work. But if God heals someone from a broken ankle, guess what? It's temporary, right? Because eventually it's appointed unto man wants to die. It's just temporary. You want to know it's a bigger privilege to hold the hand of someone and to talk with them when they say, Lord, I believe in you as my personal Savior. Amen. And when they trust Jesus Christ, because when we, we say that prayer and that need is met, that's something that's eternal. Something that's going to last forever. When the ankle re-breaks, when the back falls apart again, when, when life is finally over, the only thing that matters is what you've done with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the eternal source, the one that really meets your desires. And he made that an emphasis in this section. I read verse 35, and let's read the words of Christ again there. It says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. He meets every eternal need. And on top of that, he has the ability to meet our physical needs here and now. Verse 40, it says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. In verse 44, it continues and it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. In verse 47, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Jesus over and over and over again states that he is the true source. These people, they wanted manna. They wanted the Christ to fix their problems right now. And Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying you know, I can take care of your problems right now. But what you really need is you need me to solve your eternal problem. I can fill your stomachs. But what I really need to do is I need to fill your eternity in heaven with my Father forever. The people who follow Christ, who believe in Him, spiritually, for all of eternity, they're never going to hunger. They're never going to thirst. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you won't be rejected. And He meets your spiritual needs of sustenance. Let's look over in our Bible to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. 
in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen to me carefully and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your heart and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. Jesus Christ is that which our soul needs. It doesn't cost us anything, but it costs him everything. Did anybody see in the news this week uh, about how over in Italy there was a kind of a problem with the water main? And so when people in this one town, they were turning on their faucets, faucets what wasn't coming out of it was water. It was actually wine did you see that and and they had wine pouring out of their tubs and in their sinks and and everything and and i thought to i thought about that this week and i thought if we get a drink of water when we're thirsty it's not good we're not going to be thirsty again what we need to go do is we need to go to the source where we find the blood of christ and once we have have taken a sip of the, the, what, that which Christ offers. And I'm not talking about some magic drink or something. I am talking about the real blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross. That was the payment for your eternal sins. And that really has power to change in a real, real living way and eternal way. We see this same thing in Revelation chapter 21. Probably one of the easiest things to find in your Bible. Let's turn over to Revelation 21. The more I read it, the more Revelation chapter 21 becomes one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Right up there with John chapter 20, John chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Ephesians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, some of my favorite passages of Scripture. When in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 6, it says, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Jesus Christ provides freely for us that which we need. I, I really, you've heard me say this a number of times. I believe that as we look around in the world, that there are only two kinds of people. Again, in Sunday school this morning, we were looking that there are other religions that think 
you know, they break it up into there's three kinds of people, there's five kinds of people, or there's different levels of kinds of people, or or you can reach up and you can. But but when we read the Word of God, everything's different in this book. And Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, he says there's two kinds of people. There's those who believe. And there are those who don't. And so as we're sitting here in this room, I look out and I say, there are two kinds of people sitting in church this morning. There are those who believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and those who have not. And God has given you the right, the privilege, the responsibility to choose which kind of person you will be. Are you a person who has decided to believe in Jesus Christ? Or are you a person who has chosen that you're going to go your own way and and be someone who has rejected the Savior? As we look back in John chapter 6, in John chapter 6, in verse 51, in John 6, 51, it says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. That one may eat of it. Excuse me. I skipped the page. I skipped lines. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. I I bring this up often as we have communion on the first Sunday of the month. When we sit here and and we remember what Christ did, He came down to this earth to give His life so that we can live. What Jesus came to do is He gave give Himself as the source of resurrection power. And I'm so glad for that gift. And Jesus says, What you need for eternal sustenance is to fully embrace and believe in what I am offering you. That's a big, big claim. Jesus says, I came down from heaven. I've come to give my life, my flesh, so that you can live forever. I hope you realize how big of a claim that is and what that really means. As a matter of fact, these people, they challenge that in this this passage of Scripture. In verse verse 42, let's look, it says, And they said, "Is Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father, father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus doubles down and he says, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, we we know who this Jesus is. He's Mary and Joseph's son. We know who his father is. And he says he comes down from his father in heaven. And Jesus says, yeah, if you believe in me, you have everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Verse 47 and 48. We've read it also already. Jesus says, I'm the source 
You have to take, you have to, you have to accept this. The bread of life brings true gains. The bread of this world, your pizza, your rolls, your, your uh, English muffin that we talked about last week, they only gain you in one direction. And that's not the vertical direction, if you know what I mean. But what Jesus Christ offers, he says, if you fully embrace me, you make it the food for which you're going to give base your whole eternity on. And I will give my life so that you can live. You will really gain. We need to fully embrace the sacrifice of Jesus. Let's look at what that meant in Romans chapter 6. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. In Romans 5 and verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet per, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We need to make sure that we take this verse and we take it to heart. God gave his all. He gave his life on the cross. He shed his blood from the cross so that we could be saved. He came back from the dead to prove that he was who he said he was. He is a great and awesome God. Amen. But this was a big stumbling block. Because remember, Jesus Christ came to this earth to give his life for us. And these people had followed Jesus Christ and they had eaten the bread and they'd come over to the other side and they wanted more bread and they said Moses gave us man in the wilderness give us some more bread lead us direct us overthrow the Romans they wanted to make him their king Jesus said you've missed the point the point is and I'm not here to fill your stomachs I'm not here to overthrow the Romans I'm not here to fix you physically he says I'm here to save your souls and that's more important than anything else. And Jesus said this thing that even we read it today and it sits us and makes us go, what is he saying? As we read John chapter 6 and verse 52. It says, the Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? 
Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he feeds on me who will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Nor as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats the bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Jesus gets very, very, very serious. Did you see what they said in verse 52? Like, wait, are we hearing this guy right? Did he just did he say, I am the bread of life and we need to eat his flesh? Then Jesus doubles down on that in verse 53. Unless you eat my flesh, eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in him. I'm sorry. And I'll say this again and again and again. If someone came up here, some speaker, and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're, you're not following me and you need to follow me. I would turn and I would look at the person sitting next to me. Did you hear what that person's saying? That's crazy. But you want to know what? You could say that if a day earlier you proved that you were the son of God. And you could create real bread out of nothing. You better pay attention if you've got somebody that can calm the storms and miraculously bring a boat to shore just like that. You've got someone who can turn water into wine. And he explains that he is the bread that's come down from heaven. And what he means by that is that he insists that he is the only way to everlasting life. And Jesus Christ says, you've got to be in 100%. You have to believe in me with all of your heart. Focus. He was able to say, say it because he truly was the Savior. Anyone else say that? We'd say that they're crazy. And I believe that I, I really find this to be one of those things. A dividing line. I, I call it a stumbling block. Because Jesus doesn't want people to follow him just because they're getting a meal. I don't want people to come here and sit on Sundays just so that we can feed them. Just so we can we can make them feel a little bit better about themselves. Why we want people sitting in the pews on Sunday morning is so that they can find salvation 
in Jesus Christ change their lives for real and really get them to heaven. That's the purpose. That's the point. Jesus is not playing games. And he wants you to know that you truly need to commit to him as your personal savior. Do you ever think about the words of Jesus that he says in Luke chapter 9, verses 21 to 26? In Luke 9, 21 to 26, he said, it says there, And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell no one, saying, The Son of Man suffers many things, must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Then they said to then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sakes will save it. <clears throat> for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Jesus Christ is what the world really, truly needs. And what Jesus is looking for in John 6 and Luke 9 is people who are committed to him because what the world really needs to satisfy their souls is Jesus the bread of life there's a great need and I'd like to read to you just two passages this morning the first one describes the need and the second one answers the need the first one is found in Isaiah chapter 64 Isaiah chapter 64. Before Christ came to this world, this could be said. Oh, that you would rend the heavens. That you would come down. That the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood. As fire causes water to boil. To make known your name to your adversaries. That the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look. You came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, <coughs> for we have sinned, and in these ways we continue. And we need, we need to be saved. But we are all, are all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, you are our father. 
We are the clay and you are a potter. And we all and all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look. We all are your people. Your holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful temple, where our fathers praised you, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will you restrain, restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict, afflict us very severely? What the world needs is Jesus. What you need is Jesus. He is the answer. And I'd like to read this morning also from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 to 25. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 10, it says, Or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should partake of this of his hope. If we were sown spiritual things for you, is it a greater a great thing if we heap your material things? If others partake of this this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know? That those who minister the holy things of the eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve the, at the altars partake of the offerings of the altar. Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should li- should live from the gospel. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me, for it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ, Without charge, that I may abuse my authority, may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might partake of it with you. Do you not know that those who run, run, Run in the race, run all, but no one receives a prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. 
Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We need Christ to be the source of what we live for today. That which we partake of. Free gift that he gave. We need to come to him and live for him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are the bread of life, that you gave us eternal life. And Lord, you gave some strong statements when you said, unless you eat my flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, Lord, we thank you for that life-giving blood. I pray that you might help us to take this seriously and to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, help us look to you, the bread of life, for the source of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.